Faith and Fable, pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry. And today we have another episode in this series that we're calling Walking in Wisdom, uh, where we are seeking to give counsel uh, via the Bible, primarily out of the Proverbs, and how it is to live uh, as a wise person. Uh, and so remember, true wisdom is is living life in such a way that you apply it in a skillful manner, um, and you're applying the Word of God in a skillful manner. So a non-believer might show worldly wisdom, um, but the truth is that they can never model a true wisdom. Right. right. Uh, so the the Christian should desire first and foremost to live in this world in a way that shows more than a passing grasp of, of God's word. Rather, as other people examine their life, they see that there's uh, so much of, of the why and how of living um, being framed out by a solid grasp of, of God's word. And that is rare to see, mm-hmm. uh, sadly. Um, and so hence these episodes that we wanna do on trying to stem the tide of folly, so to speak, uh, that is seen often throughout the church. So um, we are going to talk about in another episode um, when to shut up, <laughs> <laughs> which is biblical. Um, and so here we're going to first give the the flip side of that. Um, when is it time to speak um, or, or how our speech ought to be? Uh, and to answer that simply, the speech of a Christian is to be a godly speech. Uh, so that, of course, begs the question, what then does that look like? All right, so we'll, we're going to briefly talk about godly speech, obviously. First, uh, godly speech is true speech. Now, that doesn't seem too bad, but in reality, it's more rare than one may realize. Humans are masters at vague speech that is designed to not actually say anything. And when you listen to people, it's often without carefully listening. And so you get carried along by deceitful speech, and you don't even realize it. Uh, When I was writing this script, actually, it made me remember a man who had real, real skill at evasive and deceitful speech. An example was that he would be was supposed to be meeting and discipling other men on a regular basis, and he would say things in meetings like this. He's like, well, when I meet with Joe, I make sure to ask him how his marriage is going, and, and I try to probe him to see if there's problems. And, all, and that all sounded real good, and if you were not careful in listening, you would assume that this meant that he was actually meeting with this Joe guy on a regular basis. However, he wasn't. In fact, the last time he had met with the guy was over a year prior, but he would consistently say things that implied a faithful, consistent meeting and discipleship. And that is what we mean by deceitful speech, and there's to be no place for it in the life of a Christian. A truth, Proverbs 14.5 says, A truthful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. Uh, when, this spe- uh, when this speaks of being a witness, it's actually in an official sense. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, a witness is to give a true testimony so that a righteous judgment can be made. 
As a Christian, we must speak what is true when asked by those who are responsible to make decisions. This would include parents, government officials, church leaders, and such. It's something you must train your children in early. But notice also that this proverb says that truth-telling or lie-telling is not what makes you a truthful person or not. It's actually the other way around. The reason you lie or speak truthfully is because it's your character to do so. Then in Proverbs 14.25, it says, A truthful witness saves lives, but he who speaks lies is treacherous. You again see that idea of functioning as a witness. Imagine being on a trial for a capital offense and the witnesses are speaking truth or lies. Your life literally hangs on the balance of what is said. And then again in Proverbs 23, 23, buy truth, it says, and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Now here, because of the parallelism, we can see that truth is on par with wisdom. So a wise person is not a liar, and one way you show that you're wise is by speaking truth. And this is also because you're called to reflect the character of God himself, who is truth himself. Uh, Second of all, we'd say that godly speech is convincing. Uh, So Proverbs 16.23 says, The heart of the wise teaches his mouth uh, and adds Per, uh, persuasiveness to his lips. So this is a picture of how the heart moves the tongue or mouth. Um, Jesus said in Mark 7 that it is out of the heart that slander and evil proceed. And in Matthew 12, 34, he rebukes the religious leaders by saying that the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Um, Proverbs 25, 11 will say, like apples of gold and settings of silver, is a word spoken in right circumstances. Um, Proverbs 15, 23, a man has joy in an apt answer and how delightful is a timely word. Uh, There is a sort of beauty in a properly timed and framed word. Um, So we've all experienced the wrong word at the wrong time, even if it's a true word, Mm -hmm. but it's still, it's not the right word. So you can speak truth in a in a way that harms. Um, and and we've all delivered that sort of s- speech as well. But if we're growing in, in wisdom, then we, we begin to learn how to see words as tools that are designed to build and shape and uh, correct and encourage. Uh, but again, each of it in its proper place and time. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Paul says, and we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. This is a passage uh, that every pastor must learn to master. Uh, and honestly, even, even I mean, all Christians should as well. Um, it takes discernment to figure out who and what you're, you're dealing with so that you can rightly speak. Yeah, you know, how I, I can think of too many times in my pastoral ministry where I should have encouraged a person, but I admonished them. I saw them as unruly, but in fact, they were just faint-hearted. Does that make sense? You know, um, or I or I tried to help a person, but I sh- I wasn't helping them because it wasn't that they were weak; they were unruly. <laughs> and that's I think that's the hardest part in pastoral ministry of you know you you so often you kind of walk into a situation, it gets dumped on your lap, um, and that's not a complaint; that's just the nature of it. And now you have to make that quick diagnosis and figure out what, what's the right course of action. And um, I, I can think of, I'm just, yeah, 
enough said. Um, a third thing about godly speech is, is godly speech is restrained. Um, have you ever experienced that moment where you want to say a whole lot and in very strong terms? Likely we all have. Uh, a wise person restrains themselves. The fool is the one who gives vent to what comes to mind. And so in Proverbs 10, 19, where the, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. In other words, there's simply a time to shut up, which is the basis of uh, another episode we want to do. So we'll leave it right there. Uh, but to learn to restrain your words is a tremendous gift and skill. There will be times where you have everything on your side and you, and you say so much, perhaps even be praised for it. But wisdom and godliness says to restrain your lips, and so you do. I remember sitting in my office once, um, and I listened to a person just in f- hurl invective after invective at me. Uh, they were filled with hate and anger. I made the choice to just let it go and to listen, though I admit it was quite the battle. And at the end of all of this, um, the person just broke down in tears. They sought my forgiveness and were ready to listen to my counsel. It was strange. Uh, it was like she was wanting and hoping to get a rise out of me to excuse herself. And after everything was vented, it just simply broke her. And that's what, I mean, just that yeah. God was kind to give me the wisdom <laughs> to just say, shut up, don't, don't rise to it. Well, Proverbs 17, 27 says, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. So the parallelism here shows that the ability to restrain your words is due to an ability to control your emotions, but it also flows from having knowledge. As you mature in Christ, you put into practice what you learn and you know is, and what you know is true, and you will find that it changes your emotions and ability to see things a bit better. And because you know better, you can discern better. And this then allows you to choose your words and the amount of words wisely. But don't confuse this with simply not speaking. Restrained lips are not quiet lips. Often, people do not speak because they're afraid of the consequences. Restrained speech merely resists the temptation to go further than you should or to wait until the time is better. But then you must speak. Uh, In Proverbs 25, 12, it says, Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to her listening ear. Now, the imagery is very simple. There there are those beautiful pieces of jewelry that are so well done that they complement and bring focus to the wearer rather than the jewelry itself. So, too, is a wise reprover to the one who listens. The benefit goes to the listener. Part of the restraining of your speech is so that you can listen and actually hear. And when that happens, if you are surrounding yourself with wise people, then great things can take place. Uh, fourth of all, we'd say that godly speech promotes peace. So Proverbs twelve eighteen, there is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, <laughs> but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Uh, we've all experienced the sort of speech that is the thrusting of the sword, um, but but many have little experience hearing speech that brings brings a true healing uh, or yeah. peace. Uh, in the first case, the purpose is to wound. 
but in the second, it is to heal. Um, but in both cases, there's a cutting there that is involved. Um, but what, what makes the difference is, is the purpose and goal. Um, you know, I, just a stupid illustration of that. When I had my bad motorcycle accident, it took months upon months for the trauma of the injury to heal on my leg. Um, and, and the pain was incredible. And when they finally did reconstruct a surgery on my leg, um, I was under the knife, so to speak, right? Mm. And when I came to, the pain was horrible again. And I'm like, oh, I was so discouraged because I thought it was going to be months of this again, right? But after like three days, the pain almost completely went away. And it was the difference of one was a traumatic ripping, shredding, right? And the other was up with a skilled surgeon. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there was a lot of cutting and nasty stuff going on in there. But it was all done for the purpose of healing. And, and uh, I, I, it, it really struck me, even as a stupid idiot uh, at 21 years of age, you know, of the difference of traumatic injury versus I don't know if you call it purposeful injury. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I the get, point of, illustration. Yeah. you know, the thrusting of the sword versus the, the gentle cutting of, of a wise word. They both hurt, but yeah. one brings healing. Right, right. Um, kind of like those wounding words of a true friend. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, Proverbs 15.4 will also say that a, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion is... Uh, but but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Uh, Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A hot tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger pacifies contention. So again, something that we can all grow in, uh, and it takes humility and practice to do that. But it it is so good and valuable that we should cherish it and yearn to be that kind of person. When you see tension and fights, uh, the question is: Do you merely retreat? Um, that is that is not promoting peace. Uh, that is simply being afraid. Um, when you see tension, uh, on the other hand, you snap and agitate the situation. Uh, that too is of no value and promotes sin. But when you see tension and fight and you're able to bring perspective and calm and actually uh, bring a healing, then you've, you've done well. Um, it's because you're bringing truth and grace to bear upon that situation. Um, so we could go on. Uh, this, though, is probably enough now to keep uh, us thinking for a little bit. Um, and we'll continue to think of various ways uh, that we can all learn to better walk in wisdom. Uh, and as we do, uh, we will plan to share those with you. Um, perhaps you have an area that you'd like us to develop and explore uh, through the scriptures. Uh, if so, uh, please let us know. Um, but until Next time, uh, make sure to tune in, join the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on godly speech. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell a friend. Mm -hmm.